topic of discerning the body, looking at, um, we, we started discerning the body. And, um, so let's just go and read Luke chapter 1. And let's just go, um, verse 5, let's just read 5. In the days of Herod, king of Judea, there was a priest named Zechariah of the division of Abijah. And he had a wife from the daughters of Aaron, and her name was Elizabeth, and they were both righteous before God, walking blamelessly in all the commandments and statutes of the Lord. But they had no child, because Elizabeth was barren, both were advanced in years. Now he was, while he was serving as priest before God, when his division was on duty, according to the custom of the priesthood, um, he was chosen by lot to enter the temple of the Lord and burn incense. And we've been looking at this. He was chosen by lot to enter the temple. So let's pray. Lord, we thank you for this. Um, just be able to continue our meditation over some of these very important things that you have placed upon my heart and hopefully the hearts of your people. Lord, that we would, um, we need, Lord, is, is there a Zechariah generation even present today? A weak people, a barren people who will bring forth a John the Baptist-like generation that will prepare the way of the Lord. I hope so, Father. I hope so, Lord. We, we need another, Lord. There has to be. There is a Zechariah people, Lord, that are just barren, maybe living under reproach. But through them, you're going to do a magnificent redemptive. You're going to accomplish. Lord, in the last times, all the stuff, Lord, that um, all of history has been moving quickly towards but in that process, Lord, that you, you need a Zechariah, a people who will enter the temple of the Lord. You will not, your instruments always come into contact with the sanctuary. Your, Lord, your, your effective instruments, your chosen instruments are, are brought into the temple. And something happens in their life when they're brought in. And they're transformed and they become men and women after your own heart. And so we're, we're, we're discussing these things, Lord, in the hope that perhaps even right now there might be some here whom you will draw into the sanctuary, into the temple, and that they will come into real contact with your house, and that they will emerge out of that experience, Lord, out of that encounter with a passion for the glory of your name, for the glory of your house. So I pray that, Lord. I pray, oh God, even as we, as we wait upon the Lord, even as we wait for the coming, yet there is a process. There's something that you're doing among your people. And I just pray that, Lord God, by your mercy, you will usher us in, God, into, and that we would become true instruments in the hands of the Redeemer. That we would not just pass away from this world having done nothing, having impacted no one, only live for ourselves. Oh God, we don't want that. We want to be your instruments. We want to be used by God 
We want to share the light of Jesus Christ. We want to shine the light in our dark world. Lord, the liberals and the, Lord, the transgender and the, Lord, Lord, all them, they're just speaking loud. They're bold. And yet, Lord, my heart aches because it seems like we are asleep. And Lord, but I know at the right time, you will bring forth. And you will, you said, be still, know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. That there's a great day coming. A great day, Lord. The enemy thinks he's won the battle. But he, he's fooled himself again. You will conquer, you will win. You have won. And I just want, Lord, I just want us to be part of that instrument in a small way here in Allentown, here in this community. Oh, God, help us, we pray. And that's why this word, to encourage us, oh, God, to come into the temple. Lord, to get a hold of the vision that you have for us, the vision that you have for your people, that we would truly discern the body of Christ, that we would come into a greater awareness of what is the body of Christ, what is his purpose and call and function, responsibility, that we would not be ignorant, oh, God, of our own call, but that we may work worthy of the calling of God. And so I pray this, Holy Spirit. I, you know, there's only so much that, Lord, um, human words can do nothing. But your word can transform. Your word can create a mighty army. Your word can take a valley of dry bones and convert them into an army, a mighty army, as Ezekiel saw. Your word can do that. Your word can put sinews and flesh and bone, bring the bones together, scattered bones, bring them together. Your word can put flesh on, on those bones. And Lord, your word can breathe life into that people. And so we, we are totally dependent on your word to breathe life into us. To, Lord, cause us, Lord, to rise up. Cause us to become the army of God. Cause us to become, Lord, a well-oiled machine in the army of the Lord. That we would really do the works of God. That we would do them dependent on the Holy Spirit. That we would do them, oh God, with, the, Lord, the two-edged sword in our hand and the high praises of God in our lips, Lord, that we would go forth, Lord, in the name of the Lord. And so we pray for that, Lord. We pray for that for the sake of your people, for the sake of the kids and the youth, for the sake of so many in this community. We're asking you to do that work in us. And begin, Lord, small. Begin, we're not in a rush. We just want you to do it, Lord. We just want you to progress us little by little. Oh, God, have mercy on us. Have mercy on our flock. Have mercy. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Entering the temple of the Lord is to be satisfied with the goodness of the house. And that's going to be important if we want to be God's instruments. Um, if we want to be God's instruments, you've got to have an encounter with God. But not just with God. Um, when, when you have an encounter with God, he's, he brings into view uh, his purposes, destinies. And it's not just a meeting with you and God. It's, 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 um, Moses would not have met God unless Moses was chosen to deliver the people out of Israel. So there was a grand purpose that God had for Moses, and it was in the context of that purpose that, that Moses had an encounter with God in that mountain. And so we, so we, gotta, um, so we want to encounter God. We want to come into his purposes. Blessed is the one you choose. And bring near to dwell in your courts. We shall be satisfied with the goodness of your house. So we've been, we, we, want to, we want to understand what is this goodness of the house. And we said that the primary means 
The primary means that we, we experience the goodness of the house is, is right on your lips. Words. Words. Words are going to be the force by which God is amazing how, what he does, the words. And, and we get that from the, 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 uh, the climactic word, the divine word. And we see that in Isaiah 55. For the rain and the snow come down, from, for as the rain and the snow come down from heaven and do not return, but water the earth, making it bring forth and sprout. You see that? Um, it's rain and the snow, right? Um, it causes it to bring forth and sprout, giving seed to the soul, bread to the soul, so shall my word be that goes out from my mouth. It shall not return to me empty, but it shall accomplish that which I purpose and shall succeed. So we, we learn many things about this word. We, we learn that the, uh, his word is like the rain and the snow. You know, it uses physical things. So don't, don't, don't um, diminish, uh, diminish the value of, of just physical things, physical words, material things. You know, God's word does not directly impact the ground. God's word uses rain and the snow. So behind the rain and the snow is God's word, but it's the rain and the snow that hits the ground by the power of his word. So don't, don't underestimate the power of words. His words like the rain and the snow, and it comes down. It comes down. It comes down from heaven. So it's not like your own words. Your own words are death. God's words are life. You, you, not all words come from heaven. Amen? Not all words come from heaven. Not all that you say comes from heaven. How many times you think God has spoken to you or you said something and it wasn't? So we can make all kinds of mistakes, right? But then there are, there are moments. Amen? There are wonderful moments when you do speak forth what God has ordained for you to speak forth. That has come from his heart. Amen? That's beautiful. That's beautiful. And, and for us to be, you know, to be very discerning. You, what did you used to say again? Have you ever had those moments? And somebody says, you, you know, he's not here so I can embarrass him. You know who, does, who, who has, a, you know, how God uses? Leroy. Leroy has the most uncanny ability by God's grace to say things that is like, that's God. That's God. I mean, it's amazing. If Lever comes up to you, he says, hey, I, gotta, I, I, I was reading this morning, and he said, listen, <laughs> nine out of ten times, I, you know, I, I've been really wonderfully blessed by, okay, now, never know in a way he could have known that. <laughs> He's like this, you know. <laughs> but he speaks, and it's amazing how I could tell since God put that word in his mouth. I mean, it's happened time and time again. And so yeah, that's the kind of thing. That you don't have to be this theologian. You don't have to be this, you know, this the wonderfully educated 16-degree mastermind. Miss yeah? <laughs> yeah, Mastermind. Yeah? No. <laughs> you, can be an, you can be an ordinary person. It's amazing what God does through ordinary laborers. Amen? And so, so, so just I want to encourage you. You know, um, but the, the word also is like the ransom that comes down from end and does not return. The, the word of God, the, you know, there's a commitment to the word of God. There's, there's, a, there's a boldness. It doesn't return. It's not fickle. It doesn't change us. You know, sometimes we say things, we don't mean it, we change it. You know, and we just got to really ask God to help us with that. You know, it does not return. 
And so we, if we're going to experience the goodness of the house, we've we got to you know, cultivate integrity. This idea of, um, like Paul says in 2 Corinthians 1, 17, 18, was I vacillating when I wanted to do this? Do I make my plans according to the flesh, ready to say yes, yes, no, no at the same time? You know, so let, 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 let's not be fickle. Let's not be double-minded, right? Um, you know, and, and this, this idea that a fickle person fails to follow through with their commitments, as we see in Matthew 21, 30. He went to the, sower, to the other son. He went to the other son and, sold, and, um, and said the same. And he answered, I go, sir, but did not go. You know, this idea, we, we learned last week now, and we've been learning that fickle people fail to distinguish between the holy and the common. Um, they don't, they don't, they, they fail to distinguish whether it's, you are to discriminate between the holy and the common and between the unclean and the clean. Fickle people fail to recognize the, the law of the temple. This is the law of the temple. The whole territory on top of the mountain, all shall be most holy. They trivialize the things concerning God, that is not a commitment. Fickle people treat the house of God as something common. They treat it common. And I, I think unintentionally. I don't think anyone goes about intentionally doing this. Um, but treat the house of God as something common. And the voice came to him again. Second, what God has made clean, do not call common. God has made the church clean. Amen? The church is no longer in the realm of the common. Never was. But especially now that Jesus Christ has cleaned it. And so, and then... Last week we said let fickle people di di fail to discern the body. For anyone who eats and drinks without discerning the body. And, I, and I've, been, I've been thinking a lot about that and just wanted, wanted to continue to pick up and just speak on this topic of discerning the body. You know, um, anyone who eats and drinks without discerning the body eats and drinks judgment on himself. And Paul's referring to eating and drinking, not just, not just in the communion sense, but also... In, in, in terms of the Lord's Supper, but also in communion between the fellowship. So we can eat and drink fellowship. There is a, there's a sweet communion that comes um, when we commune with each other. We kind of eat and drink. We're satisfied. There's a goodness of the house that we experience when we're in communion and with each other. Um, so eating and drinking not only refers to the Lord's Supper, although it definitely applies to the Lord's Supper, but it also applies broadly. So when we, when we come together um, and we gather together in fellowship, now, a person can do that um, without discerning the body. A person can actually come to church, have fellowship, really experience the goodness of the, of the, house, of the, the house of God, and do that without properly discerning the body. And that's what Paul, um, Paul is referring to here. You know, we, well, for anyone who eats and drinks without discerning the body, right, that, that there is this... this, uh, this uh, this thing that you could, we can do, we can we can eat and drink. Twelve twenty, really discerning the body. Now that body, as as we saw in First Corinthians twelve twenty seven. Now you are the body of Christ, and just to just to just to really emphasize the idea that that this idea of of the body, Paul has um, the body the body of Christ in mind, and um, the word there discern means to separate, to make a distinction. So it's to it's to, to treat the church a little bit different. Now, Paul says, he goes on, as we said last week, that when we fail to discern the body, when we fail to discern the body, we eat and drink judgment on ourselves. And I've been thinking about this, and that's why I'm going to take a couple of weeks to kind of go through this, and just so that we can understand. I think this is, this is probably something that's not been taught much in the church, you know. Um, pe people, this is a topic that doesn't really, 
is conducive to gathering the crowds. You know, <laughs> you know, so can, you know there's kind of the kind of message that well, I think I'm going to skip next Sunday. <laughs> but you know, we love the Word of God, and I like the hard passages. I don't know about you, I like, I like because I, at the end of the day, I'm, you know, we're settled in God's care and love for us, right? So we could address the hard passages. And, um, and, and be uh, and a, a, a faithful man, right? A wise man loves rebuke, a li- likes to be corrected. The Bible talks about that. So we don't want to be a, a people that are just tickling our ears with, but we, we need to uh, consider the things that the Bible teaches. And so what, we wanna, I want to look at that because this, this is, um, there's more encouragement here than you realize. You know, and I want to get to that encouragement um, so that you can see maybe a different view of God. I think oftentimes our, our, our view of God is clouded by our own presupposed, you know, presuppositions of what God is like. And uh, many people, it hinders their relationship with God because then they're operating with a mistrust of God. And they're not, they don't trust him because they're afraid in a bad sense. But I want us to have an um, ambition of God's character. Doubt, you know. No, no, but so, but we, we take this, and so uh, when we don't discern the body, and I think a lot of this does happen. Would you ask me, is this happening a lot? I think so. And unfortunately, in our, in our generation, I think that um, not just the body of Christ has taken a big hit over the past 20, 30, 40, 50 years, right? The body of Christ has really lost credibility with the one give ability across the board, and so it's hard, hard to even give credibility to the body of Christ, to a church anymore, right? We're, we're filled with suspicion, doubts, fears. And we got to deal with that. That's the reality of, like, churches to nowadays. Churches today, you know, you got to go to churches. Not, you're not sure what you're going to enter. And, you know, people believe some weird stuff. You know, I was watching a video the other day that was, like, just, you know, of a pastor. I don't want to mention his name because you already got known. But he's, you know, I went to his church, and he was, like, a pastor. And he's celebrating how wonderful, you know, LGBTQ sex is. I'm like, you know, like, I, I, and he does it with a smile. So beautiful. And I'm like, look at the face. Man, and it's, it's, it's troubling. You know, it's troubling. Isn't it troubling to you? It, it, it's troubling to me. Person who preached one day that Christ was everything, that Christ was beautiful. Twist, constant, a turn. Is that a warning or what? That's a warning. Warning to me. I don't know about you. Warning to me. It's a warning to me. I'm like, oh God, how do I know that I'm going to persevere? How do I know that? No, ten years from now, I'm not saying, yeah, you know, you know, same sex is beautiful. Right. It, Hello? I'm telling you, this is serious business. What assurance do you have that you're not going to be saying that? <laughs> we, got, we need Christ, right? Do we need Christ or what? Oh, you guys, oh, I got, I got a strong theology. <laughs> That's how the demons laugh. <laughs> Thank you very much. I'll use that theology to twist you so deeply that, you know, right? If it's not for God's mercy, amen? If it's not for God's mercy, that, that's why I, I, I didn't want to watch it. I was like, you know, this, this is so per- perplexing to me. But I watched it. Like, 
can't believe this. How is that possible? How can a person say blue and then tomorrow say red? That's impossible, right? But, you know, I just, I think these, these kinds of words help us to really ask God for mercy. We need mercy, amen? We need mercy. You know, so, we, we, we um, Paul talks about that when we fail to discern the body, there's these three kinds of things that happen. Weakness. That is why, verse 11, uh, verse 30, um, that is why many of you, he doesn't say a few of you, this is the first, this is the first century church. They're like the model. Remember, just reading 1 Corinthians 14 today, I'm like, you know, I just got so discouraged. I'm like, Lord, this is such a different kind of church. People are prophesying and, and just like magnifying God, the spiritual gifts are flowing. I said, man, what happened, Lord? This, this is a, a strong church, not perfect church. And Paul says, many of you are weak, ill, and strong. So when, I want to I continue to look at that and... and um, so when we fail to recognize and discern the body, there's danger. And it has to do with making a distinction between the holy and the common. So you don't want to, the basic idea is that we don't want to ever mix. You know, I saw a guy yesterday that I like to listen to, worship. And he had Justin Bieber on the stage singing with him. And I was like, oh. I wouldn't do that, bud. Give Justin Bieber space. Let, let him, if he's turned to the Lord, amen, we, we don't want Justin Bieber to be, to be lost, right? We don't want him to be lost. But, but you don't want to just bring in someone like that because you don't know really where his heart is. You don't, you don't know, and God forbid, they brought him up because he is Justin Bieber. The moment you do that, oh, you're going to be defiled in the sanctuary. So I was just like, ah, oh, man, so many people just don't know how to make a distinction. Like, hey, man, Justin Bieber, man, you're a great crowd, great concerts, whatever, but this is holy. Right? Like, like, like this is... Are you living right? right? I mean, let, let's see some fruits. This is not about being hard. This is about recognizing a distinguish between what's holy and what's common, and don't don't mix. Give God the same thing. The same thing I said with um, Kanye West. I said, Oh God, what people don't understand. Give him space. He he started a church. You know, so, so again, we, are, we want these guys to be saved, but, but know the difference. He's holy. You cannot bring in the baggage of the world. So just stuff like that that I think we just need to recover back at the church again. Amen? Not being legalistic. It's for their good. It's to say, hey, young man, come over here. Let's go through the book of Leviticus. You're, this is the third rail. It's holy because you touch it because you want fame, fortune, because you want other interests. Ah, right? So, so we're not trying to 
put down these guys. I'm not saying that, you know. I'm just saying. And I don't blame these guys. You know, they don't know any better. It's not Justin Bieber's fault. You know, it's not, you know, it's not, you know, what, what I blame is the leaders that fail to really say, hey, no, this is holy. The Lord is holy. And let's give it some time. Even Paul, how, how, how long was Paul in the wilderness? Anyone know? 14 years. He was in Arabia. 14 years. I mean, you know, there's a process by which God makes a, a person a man of God. Amen? So, so this idea of um, not discerning the body is very critical for our generation. So let's, today I want to I look at, just, you know, I'm going to pick up one, one, one point and then um, I want to continue this teaching on discerning the body of Christ. Because I think it's essential for our sanctification and edification, especially in our day today. Our day today, we just have a problem. We, we, we just, um, you know, we, I think we, don't, we haven't been taught, including myself, I, 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 I take the blame for that. We haven't really taught how to distinguish between the holy and the profane, the holy and the common. Just as, as we read, you are to distinguish between the holy and the common. Make a distinction between those two things. And, and so I just want to do a little bit. I'm not going to make it into a big study. But I just do want to, you know, just t- continue to talk a little bit about this. Um, so the, you know, and we want to say, how can we avoid unintentionally eating and drinking judgment on ourselves? That's the question. How can we avoid unintentionally eating and drinking judgment on ourselves? And I, and I throw that word in there, unintentionally, because I think it's oftentimes unintentionally. Um, I don't think people set out to do this. Um, I think that there is a... And so how can we avoid unintentionally eating and drinking judgment on ourselves? How can we avoid unintentionally failing to discern the body? So that's going to be something that I, I, I'm, I'm hoping that you're asking the Lord. Say, Lord, teach me to discern the body. What is it about the body that you want me to discern? Now, God's not going to show you everything, there, there, but he will show you little by little what he means by the, what is the body of Christ. Um, and then as, as God reveals it, I think more and more your, 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 your level of, of, of respect will start to increase. I'd be like, whoa. Hmm. It, it's just natural, right? You, the, once, once you start to see the true value of something, you start to honor it. You start to give it a certain honor. Uh, wow, okay. You know? Um, so so, so it's, it's, we all have to grow in this. We've, none of us have arrived. So how can we avoid unintentional eating, drinking, judgment, failing to discern the body of Christ? Paul answers this question very explicitly, actually in verse 31. And so we're going to look at this. But if we judged ourselves truly, we would not be judged. Ah, right. Uh, pretty straightforward, amen. So we can go to the next point. Right? <laughs> does it need any explanation? Oh, yes, it does. But then we would not be judged. And that's a reference to verse 29. But if we're eating and drinking without discerning the body, we eat and drink judgment on ourselves, right? But if we judge ourselves truly, we will not be judged. So Paul is actually not just giving us something like, whoa, and left us out there. Like, but he actually gave us something. If we judge ourselves truly, we would not be judged. Um, now, the important thing here, there's a couple of things we're going to look at. Um, number one is that... Um, I don't know why the ESV does this, but it's okay. The, Paul actually uses the same word that he uses in verse 29. 
So um, diacrino, which just simply means discerning. So if we, so Paul in verse 31 is saying, if, but if we discerned ourselves, right? Right? If we discern ourselves truly, we would not be judged. So it's the same word for everyone who eats and drinks without discerning the body, right? That word discerning the body and the word in 31, but if we discerned ourselves. So clearly, clearly here, he, he, he's talking about the same thing, which is going to be extremely helpful, all right? Um, so, you know, probably a better, a better consistent translation um, is that if we discerned ourselves, if I was the ESV, why change the word? If you don't know the Greek, you might think, ah, discerning, oh, but he's talking about judgment here, just a little bit different, right? No, it's the same word. And so if you're a student of the Bible, I encourage you to get, you know, some, you know, so you can, don't take it for granted that some of these translators, the trend, by the way, the translators are not infallible. <laughs> is that clear to everybody? You know, like, if you don't say, oh, no, the ESV translation is infallible. No, it's not. Um, but the word of God is infallible. Amen? So we, we, have, we have real, real confidence in the word of God. The translations, you know, we can work around this. So that's important to recognize. And the reason why this translation is better um, is because, right, uh, verse 29 raised the, the question, what is the body that Paul had in mind? If we read verse 29 again, if you, we have it up there. For anyone who eats and drinks without discerning the body raised the question, what body is he referring to? Without discerning the body. It naturally raised that question. Um, and so, does Paul refer? Well, here are the two options. Does Paul refer to the mystical body of Jesus Christ? What do I mean by that, the mystical body? You know, Jesus has a body. It's human-like, but it's spiritual, right? I mean, body in heaven. And, um, and we see that in Revelation, Jesus. So is Paul referring to that, discerning that mystical body of, of the resurrected Christ? That's a fair question. You, right, it, it, as a, from verse 29, you cannot answer that question. You, can, you have to pick and choose. From the context, it becomes more clear. But if you read just verse 29, you really don't know really don't know because Jesus does have a body. Now, a lot of scholars, uh, a lot of scholars would argue that it is the mystical body of Jesus Christ. So just to know that, you know, there are good scholars who have done good work and they'll say, no, this is referring to the body of Christ. I, I think they got it wrong. Uh, the other option is, does it refer to the body of Christ? That is the church. So that's the other option, you know. Uh, is it both? Can it be both? Right? So those are the kinds of questions that, you know, when you're going through the Bible, you say, okay, what, what does this mean? Who's it referring to? Is it, you know, we, we are having communion, right? It's in the context of communion, the body, right? And, and what do the Catholics believe? What happens when you... Right? <laughs> so it, 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 the Catholic Church believes in transubstantiation. It's a big word that says that when you partake of the, the bread, the bread what? Becomes the body of Christ, the mystical body of Jesus, right? So you should be aware of that. And so communion for a Catholic is uh, very, very holy. And that's why even they don't give, they don't, Biden was excluded from the communion because he believes in abortion, you know? And, and, and that's a serious issue for the Catholics that they can't take communion. 
So, um, so, 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 you know, so that's something that, those are the two options. Does Paul refer to the mystical body of Jesus or does Paul refer to the church? Um, is the issue for Paul making a distinction of the mystical body of Jesus Christ or making a distinction discerning the, the community of believers? Um, and so both of these options, like I said, are plausible. However, verse 31, right, 1 Corinthians eleven thirty-one 31 is going to be extremely helpful, and it really settles the issue. Verse 31 settles the issue. All right, um, first of all, Paul uses the same word, diacrino, in verse 31 and verse 29, so we know we're in the same topic. Secondly, in verse 29, uh, in verse 29, the object of the verb is, is what? Let's go back. To, the object of the verb discerning is what? What's the object of the verb? The body, right? So whoever, without discerning, that's the object of the verb, discern, to discern, the body. So as you know, a little bit of, you know, a little grammar, you know, you have a verb and you have an object, right? So you've got discerning the body. Now, so in this case, he's, the object of that action to discern is the body, which is unclear, right? We said it's unclear. However, in verse 31, notice how the object changes. He says, but if we discerned what? Ourselves. So we have good reasons to believe that the, the object in verse 29, which is the body, and in verse 31, the object of the verb is ourselves, that means the same thing. That he means really, he was referring to ourselves as the corporate body of Jesus Christ. So we could, we could, we could, so it looks like body and ourselves, you know, you know, would, we can, we can have good confidence grammatically that he means the same thing. The body refers to ourselves. Amen? Therefore, verse 31 really is going to help us to, it is not the mystical body of Christ. It is discerning each other. It is discerning who you are, who I am, corporately. All right, so, okay. So hope, hopefully, you know, you could do more work if, you, if you're not convinced of that. Maybe some of you might say, no, I think this is the mystical body of Christ, which is on. concerns Paul is God. But consider what I said. Um, the issue that concerns Paul is God's people failing to discern ought to be a discerning apparatus when we come together. We don't just willy with understanding, but that you come in with understanding. Amen? That you come in with a sense of the knowledge. Now, this is spiritual. This is not understood by the carnal man. Amen? This is something that God reveals, right, right to us by the spirit. There's a discernment of the body, and it's a real impartation of understanding what the body is. And so we, we have to deal with this. And so one of the things that, that Paul says is that in order to avoid this judgment on, on ourselves, we must discern ourselves truly, right? Which is going to apply in two ways. All right, so the first thing is, okay, if we want to learn to discern ourselves truly, as he says in 1 Corinthians 11.31, understand that there's going to be two ways that you, you will have to do that. Today we're going to deal with the first one. 
for the sake of time. First of all, if we're going to avoid eating and drinking judgment on ourselves, we are going to discern ourselves corporately as the body of Christ. This is taken from 1 Corinthians 12, 27. Now, you are the body of Christ. The first thing, and obviously, and individually members of it. So the first thing that we have to really grapple with, the first thing, if you want, if you want to understand, Lord, I want to grow in my ability to discern. There's going to be two, there's going to be two aspects to that discernment, which are, going to, are both are extremely vital. But the first one, the first one that I believe um, governs the other one is this idea that we are corporately the body of Christ. How do we say, let's just go through verse, uh, 1 Corinthians 12, 27 and, and, and begin to, Paul, first of all, Paul, let me just make a comment on this. First of all, Paul says, now, now you are. In other words, um, you are that right now. You are the body of Christ now. So don't ever think in the future, when I die, you are, that is a present reality for all of us right now. Now you are. Now you are. So let that settle in. Make, make the, the shift in your mind. Okay. As much as I feel incomplete, as much as I feel like a failure sometimes, as much as I feel like, things are ma missing and lacking in my life, that does not change the fact I am. Right? We, we are the body of Christ. Right? So, so it's always good to re remind ourselves because oh, too often times we allow our problems, our failures, we allow our struggles to define us. You, you don't, don't ever do that. You are the body of Christ. Amen? Now, secondly, Paul says you are. Now, for some of you that don't know this, Paul never uses the singular, uh, second person singular. Never. That's pretty powerful. In the English, in the language, language, you know, unfortunately, if I say, hey, you, that could mean what? Both a single person or you, hey, y'all, y'all, right? You all, right? So very important that this, in the sing, by the way, you know, it, in the, in the ESV misses this. In the Greek, is actually much more emphatic. It's now you yourselves are. So, uh, it, it, you know, whatever, again, if I was ESV, I would have put that in there because it's, it's consistent with the form in the original language. Now, so that Paul is actually emphasizing the reality, he's emphasizing that you yourselves are. Now, what I like about the yourselves part, you yourselves is because it, it, it does, I think, introduce more of a plural that, that what he has in mind is not an individual person. What he has in mind is a plurality. What he has in mind is that we are collectively the body of Christ so that you are not the body of Christ saying individually. And we're going to talk about that. Very, very important. That, that has a lot of implications the way you, you know. But you are not the body of Christ individually, we are collectively the body of Christ. There is one body. So, so, so many parts, but one body. 
Thirdly, um, the body. Um, he, here's, he, he says the body. The body is actually a singular noun. It's, um, it's actually what's called a predicate noun, which is actually in, very interesting in Greek. You could do this. Um, something like this. Pres, um, Joe Biden is the president. What we're saying here is that grammatically, we're making an equality. Does that make sense? Um, Joe Biden is the president. Stallions are male horses. Right? Do you see the equality? Male horses are stallions. Stallions are male horses. You could reverse it. It doesn't matter. The same is true. The president is Joe Biden. Joe Biden is the president. It doesn't matter. It's an equality. It's not, it's not stating an action. Paul uses a predicate noun here. What does that mean? He says, you are the body. Does that make sense? Do, do you see how, how strong the body is you? You are the body. I mean, that's pretty powerful. It, he's making such a strong statement about what you are. And, and so it's something that, um, in fact, um, in the Greek, there is no, there's, no definite art, there's no definite article. The is not there. It's now you yourselves are body. <laughs> now, that I think personally, leave, this, leave the definite article of it, because that, to me, it grabs me more. You are body. That's what you are. You are body. Not the body. I think, I think it divorces us a little bit. Like if we're, but now, we, now it, 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 we feel like this is what we are like in our being. We are body. Amen? Paul's describing what we are. And, and the other thing is that the word body is singular. It's only one. Look at Romans, Romans 12.5. So we, though many, are one and individually members of another. Now we are, finally he says, you are the body of Christ. Um, you're the body of Christ, right? Um, going back to 1 Corinthians 12, 27, you are the body. You regulate how we understand this. It, it, it's, um, all of these things are just wonderful because they really do regulate how we understand this. This body, the form that is used there, primarily communicates the idea of possession. Is particularly used for the word of. The word of is very complicated in Greek. It can have various meanings. Typically, it really, re, it really is used to communicate possession. This is um, the car um, of Bob, right? So it, it's his car. Um, you know, so this is the body of Christ. So, in, so, it, so that Christ has ownership, he has rulership over the body. So, so, so it's not, so, so you're not an independent agent. At the end of the day, you, you have, there is this, um, this, you're under the authority and the reign of Jesus Christ. So this body is Christ. Amen. Now, let me just say one more thing about how Paul presents this. Helpful, because we're trying to discern the body. Notice the order that he puts this. He says, now you are the body. You all are the body of Christ. And then he follows that, and individually members of it. 
He first says, now you are the body, secondly, and individually members of it. How is that very helpful? Um, that your identity begins not with yourself. Does that make sense? It become, your identity begins with the whole. I think we tend to reverse that. I think we want to find out who we are, and then we try to find out what the body is all about. Paul says, don't do that. First is the whole, and that makes perfect sense, right? When you really think about it logically. If you are body and individually members of it, you are defined by the body. The body gives meaning to you. For example, if I have to whip out right now a leg, hey, I found this in the street, a leg. Right? None of you be like, wow, that's pretty cool. Can you show it? Can I pass me the leg? Right? <laughs> what would you, if, if I pull out an ear, hey, I found an ear, hey. What's wrong with the ear? Isn't that gross? What is it? Who does it belong to? Whoa. Immediately you import that thing belongs to a body. Where did you find that? Did you call the police? 911. Right? No. Yeah, we're, we're. Yeah. No one says, wow, look at the curve of that ear. It's wonderful, you know? Well, well, are you, you going to put it in your drawer, you know? <laughs> Nobody says that. Why not? Because that ear is defined by something, the body. That ear has no meaning apart from the body. We are body and individually members of it. That's how we are. Your, your identity will begin, sorry to tell you, with the whole. It's not until you discover that we are the body of Christ. And then within that revelation, God begins to give you insight into the specific individual function. Does that make sense? It makes perfect sense. Otherwise... Your function and your meaning is only dependent to the body. You don't have no existential meaning and purpose apart from the body. Does that make sense? You, you, you have no, there's nothing that you, I don't care how smart you are. <laughs> without the body, you're nothing. And I saw that and I said, Lord, you know, you know, we oftentimes try to find ourselves. We're on a journey to reinvent ourselves. Remember in the 90s? Reinvent yourself. Discover yourself. I got a word for you. God's ways are the opposite of the world's ways. God's ways are discover my people, discover my nation, discover, the, right? And when you walk into that, you will discover yourself. <laughs> you will find yourself. Right? It's not the other way around. And, and I'm telling you, God is so, 
he, he's a stickler to this. You know, it's just like, this is the way it is. Walk ye in it, you know. And so, and so we find ourselves confused. How many people are confused? There are more people confused today than ever before in mind that I've seen, that I've spoken to, not sure what they do, not sure what their purpose is. I'm talking about believers. And I know why. It's because there isn't a discerning of the body. And so, of course, there's confusion. Of course, there's no sense of, like, what am I called to do, Lord? Uh, what am I called to do? What am I? And you're praying the wrong thing. What are we? Amen? It's a little, little small thing that you'd be surprised. That I'm, I'm trying to raise, the, you know, just discerning the body because, you know, first comes you are the body of Christ, and then you discover individually, members of it. You begin to discover the specific place that you have in the body, not on the left leg, on the right leg. Not, not on the bottom, but on the top, you know. But when you're floating by yourself, you have no context. You have no coordinates. So it's like, Lord, what do you want me to do? You're just like a, 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 a limb <laughs> like in, in space. But, but that's not the way it works. If we're going to discover ourselves more in Christ, we need to come into his body. Amen? Coming into his body is coming into Christ. You know, the... If you want to discover your identity, you'll, you'll find it not as an individual discovery, but in the context of a corporate discovery. Look at Ephesians 4, 15 through 16. Rather, speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way into him who is the head, into Christ, from whom the whole body joined and held together by every joint. Amen? The whole body joined, held together by every joint with which it is equipped when each part is working, right? right? Makes the body grow. This is God's ways. This In love. Amen? This is God's ways. This, I'm just trying to show you this is exactly what God has always planned from the beginning, that there would be, that spiritual growth happens never individually but only in relationship to this corporate body, and then, right, with each part working, that makes the whole body grow, that, right? So, makes, so that it builds itself up in this glove. The body of Christ, what a blessing. Amen? The body of Christ, what a blessing. That's the organism by which the, the sap of eternal life flows through, and we can grow in love. I mean, I want to grow in love, right? It's not just growing muscles. I want to grow in love. But that happens in the context of, a, of, of, of joints held together by every joint. And you think about the church today, they're scattered. We're scattered. We're like basically like that picture in Ezekiel, valley of dry bones, you know, scattered. God's going to build an army. I'm not, I'm not weeping over that. God will build it. But it's still sad to see what's happening. Right? It still like heart, breaks your heart, you know, that, that, you know, so many people struggle um, the people who attach, this is what I've discovered, the people who attach themselves to a local church will struggle less with their sense of purpose and identity, of, of purpose. Hardly ever you discover that by yourself. Spiritually, now you might discover vocationally, I'm not talking about, I'm speaking about, I'm speaking of spiritually. You know, we, we, that when we attach ourselves to the body of Christ, and that's why I, that's why I keep stressing it, 
it is, you will begin to grow in ways that you n never anticipated. Because there's a secret behind the body. There's something. God wants to join us together. God wants to hold us together by every joint. Right? So th there are joints that are putting, there are people who, who function as joints in the body. Not everybody's a joint. Right? Well, don't think like marijuana. <laughs> you know, you know just, 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 just not everybody, not everybody's a joint, but there are people in the body that particularly they, they pull. Come on. I got you and I got you. I think of being a joint is a great thing because you bring tendons together. You bring muscles together. You bring bones together. Hey, come on. Come on. Yeah, come on. <laughs> All right. You two, come on. We're going to work this out, right? Because <laughs> like I was telling you to somebody, relationships in the church are the most complicated in the universe. Bar none. It is much easier to be in a gang. <laughs> it is so true. <laughs> it's, I mean, it's like 100% true. Here's what makes this so unique. On the one hand, there's two hands here. <laughs> On the one hand, the command to love supremely, unconditionally. And not many noble, not many wise, <laughs> not many of dignity, they come together. <laughs> if they were noble, many wise, many smart, right? No uh, mental issues. <laughs> and we come together, how, how easy that would be, right? <laughs> But oftentimes, we're our, uh, uh, just a collective of, like, all kinds of problems, right? Love and high maintenance come together. And that's the church. That's the church. I'm telling you. But where else can you find that kind of love? No other organism in the world can handle that. Period. Everybody said, no, I'm out of here. I quit. Here's my, here's my, third, my, my one, one hour notice. <laughs> you know, nobody, but the church, yes. The church can take all kinds of people, no matter of where they at, at the emotional scale, if their emotional intelligence is in the toilet, it doesn't matter. The church can love anybody. Amen? Because of Jesus Christ. But we're not perfect. We all have our limits. <laughs> I'm just qualifying that. <laughs> Don't hold me to that standard. Because <laughs> I have my moments. But I've learned a lot, I'm telling you. You guys have been a, been a great exercise. Yeah? <laughs> I love you guys for that. I really do. There were times I was impatient in the past, and now I'm like, you know what? But she's God's child. Treat her like a princess. Isn't that beautiful? That's hard to do when someone is annoying. But this is what God wants. God wants us to love and, and build them, you know, attach ourselves. And we're truly, we're true, if we are truly a corporate body, then it makes perfect sense that our identity, our, you know, our discerning, discerning the body. You know, discerning ourselves, discerning what, you know, my role will come in the context of this glorious body. In this glorious body, we don't look glorious on the surface, but don't be fooled by the surface. 
there's royalty behind the serpent. <laughs> royalty of the highest order. Standing before royalty. Because of Jesus Christ. Amen? I mean, if we could see each other in that light, royalty. We're going to get into some things. I mean, I, I didn't go as far as I wanted, but I'm going to talk about some things just to kind of give you a little bit of whet your appetite. What is the body of Christ? Just to whet your appetite. I hope. I've always, we don't live like for the next 17 years. <laughs> but, but it's beautiful what God has installed for those who love him. The commanders and generals of the highest order are present in this room, commanding who knows what. I believe, just to begin, angels commanding legions of angels. God reign and rule through each of them. Perfect. Discern the body. Amen? Discern it. So if you struggle with your, with your purpose, if you struggle, I just want to encourage you. Attach yourself prayerfully to the body of Christ. There's been a lot of pain. A lot of, there's more pain in the body of Christ than any other institution in the history of the world. And that has caused many to say, I'm not getting close. Sorry, Charlie. I want to encourage us all to say, okay, Lord, don't make any big, oh, I'm going to do this. No, just prayerfully go to the Lord and say, Lord, you know, I want to attach myself to this body in a way that I've never have with any other church in my lifetime. If I truly believe this, and there are going to be all kinds of attempts, trust me, I believe that the, the spiritual lines are drawn here. Bible, but to attach yourself to the body of Christ, the, the devil calls back his little mid midgets, and he sends the Marines. He says, we cannot let that happen. Let him keep praying reading his Bible. But he cannot attach himself to the body. Why? For obvious reasons. Because the body gets stronger. If you can get you in a corner just praying by yourself, doing mountain retreats for 60 days, 125 days, just you and yourself in the, in the birds, the devil's like, beautiful. But you come and say, I'm going to come to the house of God and attach myself to my people. Right? It, it's a... It's a point of concern in the kingdom of darkness. And that's why the devil comes to divide. Division is a powerful weapon. Right? In the church, right? It's like the constant dividing. Um, dividing. But I get it. It would, be, it would be insane for the devil not to divide. Because I know what unity means. Unity means the power of God. Unity means the utter devastation of the kingdoms of darkness. Unity means that the people are loving each other. Unity means utter defeat for all the parts. I mean, of course the devil is going to try and divide. Right? You know, you know, like, and so 
so, so yes, just be prepared that if, if you set your heart, say, I want to really attach myself slowly, prayerfully. I want to really walk with these people. Don't be surprised as things begin to happen. Amen? We'll pick up next week and um, just kind of give you a couple of wet your appetites. Um, some things that the Bible teaches concerning the body of Christ. Father, thank you, Lord, for, for this, um, this time. Even last night as I was preparing for this, I felt so inadequate, Lord. You deserve better. This is your body. And I take the things you've shown me. And I pray it would be a blessing to them. Pray that you would elevate in our hearts and our minds the city of the great king, our hearts, your name, your eyes, and your heart in your house. Another one you said that he that who has given a cup of cold water even to the least of these has given it to me. Thank you, Jesus, for this great plan of yours. This is magnificent in what you're doing. Your redemption, your work, it, it was just much more than just forgiveness of sins. It was, Lord, the, the accomplishing of all these great plans of God, uniting them all in Christ to the praise of the glory of his grace. And so I just pray today, Lord, that you would Love your church. We love your body. Increase my own love. Let your love in me, Lord, just flow more for your people. Consume me, Lord, with zeal for your house. I pray, Holy Spirit, we pray, oh God, unite us with cords of love that cannot be broken. Help us to resist the enemy, Lord, the war. Satan, from the very beginning, began to divide, sow discord among the brethren, division. And Lord, I suspect, Lord, that there's more division than we realize. Some of it is for good reasons. We have um, we've lost credibility, Lord, as a church in this country. So many people have been hurt, Lord, and we take that seriously. And we, we're, not, we're, not, um, we're not free from that. We're not, we, 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 we absorb the blame. Pastors who have hurt, churches who have hurt each other, believers. And sometimes, you, sometimes because the weeds um, come in and, and, and they disguise themselves as, as children of God, and they end up, Lord, causing more pain and heartache. So help us to discern the body so that we can truly know who's who, Lord. And so we want to grow in this. We want to love each other. You've given us a small church, and I thank you for, for the opportunity that we have to grow in love with each other, Lord. But this is work that you must do by the power of the Spirit. And so, Lord, I just ask you today to, to bless, bless today, Lord. I, 
the word to the hearts of your people and, and help us to rest in each other, in you, Lord, and, and know that, that, Lord, that we will seek each other out and, and just pray for each other constantly and increase, Lord, a desire in our hearts to be with each other. And so help us to discern the body, Jesus, we pray. Amen. I want to sing a song before we leave. Um, can we sing a song? This is Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd. Let's stand and let's just sing together to the Lord one more time before we leave.
house, oh God. Build your house. Help us to discern the body, oh God. Help us, Lord. Oh God, open our eyes to begin to behold, oh God, all that you have in store in your house, oh Lord. So we pray that as a church, that we would, Lord God, be completely changed in our Lord, how we treat each other, how we love each other. Oh God, that we are, that we would know, God, we are your people. We are your people. We are your body, body of Jesus Christ. Forgive me for the way I've treated. Forgive me for the way I things I've said, Lord. Forgive me. You, are, you love your people. You, they are the apple of your eye. And so God, give us a love for each other. That Lord God, I love your love for your people. That we would discern, oh God, your house. That we would not treat it as something unessential, but Lord, climatically essential for our well-being. And thank you so much, Jesus. It's so beautiful what you're doing. So beautiful, God, what you're doing. So we honor you today, Jesus. Surely goodness. blessing God you've given us Lord through your spirit you've given us words oh God that we can encourage each other build each other up strengthen each other even Paul oftentimes he viewed his ministry in the context of imparting spiritual gifts spiritual Lord just life to the people oh God may we come to church with, with an understanding of who we are that we would minister to one another the grace of God. There would be such an impartation of life through the ministry of your word. That there would be such a, a Lord, a, a, an ocean of love that would start to flow and that we would be, Lord, just filled with the Holy Spirit the speaking words of life to one another words of encouragement, words of rebuke, words of whatever needed, Lord, for our edification, that we would truly care for one another. And so I just pray that. Bless your people, God, as they go home. May this word resonate in their heart for the days to come. May there be, oh God, a, a, an inclining of the heart to what you have spoken to us today as a people. You may be speaking to us individually, then there, there is this corporate word, God, that you, you're just mind, so that we may be one. We may become the body that you called us to be. And I pray, Lord God, that you would guard our heart, protect us, God, in the midst of so much wickedness and evil. Lord God, that you would guard our hearts and our minds in Christ Jesus. That you would fill us with much prayer and intercession for one another throughout the week and for the youth and for the kids. And so, Father, I, I just ask you, Jesus, I ask you, for your blessing upon this people as they go home. May they be refreshed. May they be filled with joy. 
in Jesus' name. And the whole church said, amen. Amen.